Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. DA on CBS Sports Radio. DA, how you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling great. I'm doing great. Happy Monday, boys and girls. One question, one question only. How do you feel? Well, I feel good and I'm doing well. Well, that's all that really matters, and we appreciate you dropping on by. Coming up this hour in 20 minutes, did Brandon Staley save his job yesterday? In 40 minutes, advanced analytics and your epic fail. And the poll question today, have the Taylor Swift puns already jumped the shark when it comes to football highlights? Vote in the poll, and we'll get to your data coming up here later on in the show. By the way, you can stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone. All season long, you can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL Live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone restrictions apply. Speaking of Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift was on hand at Arrowhead Stadium yesterday as the Chiefs laid the wood to the Chicago Bears. Here's how it sounded from KC. Third down goal to go for the Chiefs at the three-yard line. Mahomes looking right. Back of the end zone. Caught. Touchdown! Kansas City for the 48th time. Finds Travis Kelsey. Nine yards deep in the end zone. And the Chiefs lead 40 to nothing. Three touchdown passes for Patrick Mahomes. Baby, get fired up, man. Hey, we got to get Coach Reed to number one. He just got the four. We got to get him to number one. But in the meantime, we're going to keep getting these doves, baby. Chiefs Kingdom, get loud, baby. Do you realize how much pressure there was on you today from the Swifties to get Travis Kelsey a touchdown with Taylor in the house today? Yeah, I heard that. I heard she was in the house. Uh, Did you feel it? Did you feel the pressure, Patrick? I felt a little bit of pressure. Um, and so I knew I had to get it to Travis. And, of course, he's on a route that Travis, he, he, he does his own thing and just makes up a route, and I throw it to him. So uh, I think he wanted to get in the end zone just as much as I, all the Swifties wanted him to. Appreciate you. Okay, so that was Mitch Holtis. Touchdown, Kansas City. On the Chiefs radio network, and you heard Patrick Mahomes trying to get Kelsey the football with Aaron Andrews on Fox yesterday, and that was Travis Kelsey via his social page. So this is the breakdown. The Bears are in disarray. There is a clip where you can see Justin Fields woozy after taking a hit to the helmet. DJ Moore looks over to the sideline like, hey, get this guy off the field right now. 
It's 41-3, and they keep fields in the football game. Now, draw from that what you will. I significantly hope that this is not some type of reaction to fields throwing the coaches under the bus earlier in the week, but something is amiss in Chicago, undoubtedly. Their defensive coordinator resigns in the middle of the week, really before last game, and there could be an FBI raid on his house that has happened. The Justin Fields, will he ever become a star? Will he ever listen to the coaches? Are the coaches the problem? Is only going to continue to expand over the course of the season. And don't be surprised if this head coach and this GM says at the end of the year, yeah, we're done with the Justin Fields experiment. And that could be where this is all headed. And you know what? That actually might be best case scenario because Caleb Williams is a better pro today than Justin Fields is in year number three. And if being this bad gets them Caleb Williams or Drake May or Shador Sanders or somebody that's better suited for this job than Justin Fields, maybe tanking this year is the way that it's got to be, even if they didn't plan on doing it. They are a mess. The Chiefs made them look like a mess. They are a mess. And it's not going to get much better. It's going to get worse before it gets better in Chicago. From a KC standpoint, I find this interesting. Are they supposed to dismantle a dysfunctional Bears team at home? Yep. And that's like one of those perfect Kansas City days. Early fall, crisp in the morning. You get out to Arrowhead at like 5 in the morning. The campers are already out there for the night before. People are smoking their ribs and pulled pork. You come in and all it is is barbecue smoke and Miller Lite all over the place. You tailgate until 1130. You make your way in the building. You watch the Chiefs win an easy game. Everybody goes back happy. And it's a celebratory Red Monday around Kansas City today with everybody wearing their jerseys. Good to be alive. But that's really Who cares about that? They beat a bad team. They beat them badly. Well, the Chiefs did look really effective and efficient. That's something that they really haven't done the first two weeks. They lost to the Lions week number one. Didn't look great last week against the Jaguars either. Yesterday looked pretty great. Could be the competition. Could be them rounding into form. Could be them having both Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey back. The Swift thing, though, is interesting. And it's interesting from a football perspective. From a pop culture perspective, you know, yeah, it makes people care about things that don't that wouldn't care. Yesterday, my mom came over to hang out with AJ a little bit. I was watching football, and they were showing Taylor Swift on the TV. And my mom's like, oh, why is she there? I said, well, she's now dating the Chiefs tight end. She's like, who's that? I said, Travis Kelsey. She goes, let me see a picture. So I had to pull up a Google image search of Travis Kelsey to show my mom who, who Taylor Swift is dating. And for what it's worth, Mama Amendo approved, saying that he was handsome enough for Taylor Swift. (laughs) Okay? It will bring in a totally different vibe to football. And for football, who's always trying to be a bigger show, look, the Super Bowl is like two halves of football that's only there to sandwich the halftime show. The NFL loves this. The, the marketing loves this. 
the merchandising loves this, bringing more eyeballs of Swifties and people that wouldn't normally watch Chiefs games into football and understand who it is, what's happening. But there's also this element. The Chiefs have gotten to a place, and it's crazy to say for any Chiefs fan, but they're the glamour team where Taylor Swift is dating one of their players and coming to their games. I mean, it wasn't long ago where Kansas City was the farthest thing from a glamour destination in the NFL or anywhere. And now they're a modern dynasty. And these are the things that can sometimes upend dynasties. Now, I'm not blaming Taylor Swift for anything. This isn't a Yoko Ono blast or something like that. It's just that what what happened there? Patrick Mahomes was asked whether he felt pressure to get Travis Kelsey a touchdown because Taylor Swift was in the building. And he said yes. These are the types of things that start creeping into football when you get really successful and really popular and really big that start detracting from the football. Celebrity is hard to navigate. And in, a, in sports where the, the margins are razor thin, little things like this can start to pull apart from the singular focus that you need. Now, if, if Taylor Swift wasn't in the building yesterday, would the Chiefs still win? Yeah, of course. But today, flip on NFL Network, Good Morning Football. This is the league-owned network, the flagship show. They're showing loops of Taylor Swift. Loops of just the the sweet shots of Taylor Swift. It becomes something because she is so popular that starts to overwhelm something of the football. And the you can't help but get trapped in it. You know, if you're Patrick Mahomes, if you're Andy Reid, if you're Travis Kelsey, of course, who's dating her, if you're anybody, now you become this thing that's bigger than just a football team because you've won so much your household names, and those parts start encroaching. And again, this is not an anti-Taylor Swift thing at all because, in fact, I like her very much. I think her music's very, very good. I think she's an amazingly talented person that that puts on a hell of a show. You know, that I come on the air every day for four hours and try to put on a show. I sit in a chair and talk. She goes out there for three and a half hours and dances her, her butt off and sings and performs and, like, Costume changes. I wear the same shirt every day. She She's a gamer. I got nothing but respect. But you have book deals and documentaries and podcasts and celebrity girlfriends or celebrity wives and TMZ then encroaches and people encroaches and, you know, your inside additions or your, your those t- now social media becomes a bigger thing. And just as you win, you become more popular and these things, you know, start happening. Is it possible Taylor Swift would date Jimmy Graham, TJ Hawkinson, you know, pick your tight end in the NFL the last 15 to 20 years. Sure. Anything is possible, but it's much more plausible when it's the defending Super Bowl champs, a future Hall of Famer, and a guy that's one of the faces of the best team in football. And I'm interested just to see if this is becoming where the Chiefs are going, where they're like the Showtime Lakers, 
or they're the dynasty Yankees of the 90s and 2000s, or you know, they're a version of the Golden State Warriors in some way where it's all eyes are on them and they're Hollywood. How do you handle it? Because the last dynasty we had in football, the Patriots, did everything they could to avoid that. The closest thing we had was Giselle and Tom. And occasionally, that blew up into football news. Occasionally. But boy, that was Tom Brady who was just addicted to winning and would do anything that it took to make sure that winning was not in peril based on the -the off-the-field stuff. Are the Chiefs built the same way? This is interesting because the Chiefs are either at the peak of their powers and they will keep doing this, which is beating everybody by 30 points or winning Super Bowls or being the best team in football for years. Either they'll keep doing this or this is the start of them becoming too big to succeed much longer. It happens to a lot of dynasties, happens to a lot of great teams. I'm not sure which way it goes. I do think it's interesting. I think it's very interesting. You can hit us up on Twitter, DA on CBS. Tonight, we got two NFL games on Monday Night Football. Yes, dueling NFL Monday Night games, just like last week. And so for the last time this year, we got two at the same time or two on the same night. Eagles and Buccaneers is the early kick at 7.15 Eastern time. Rams and Bengals, which is a rematch of the Super Bowl from a couple of years ago, one hour later. First one is on ABC. Second one's on ESPN. And this Monday Night Football preview sponsored by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Doubleheader tonight, as I mentioned, Eagles four and a half point favorites at Tampa. Over under is 45. Rams head to Cincinnati. Bengals a slight favorite by a point and a half. Over under 43 and a half. I still trust the Bengals to be in the race. But the Joe Burrow calf injury obviously worries me. They've got talent all across the board, both sides of the football. They've got experience. They've got wideouts. They've got a running game. They've got an offensive line. They've got a good pass rush. They've got everything that I like about a football team and how they're built. But you got to have a healthy Joe Burrow. And if you don't have a healthy Joe Burrow, all that other stuff does not matter. And so this... Game time call on Joe Burrow tonight and maybe for the next couple of weeks is a huge dilemma. If you were 2-0, you could afford to sit him. When you're 0-2, hard. Hard to say, well, what's the, what's the hole we can dig without him to where we feel like we still have a shot? And you lose tonight's game against a plucky Rams team right now because you sit Joe Burrow? is going to be difficult to climb out of. But if you play him and he re-injures his calf, your season might be over before it starts. That dilemma is not an easy one, and it's going to define the way the Bengals season goes. When we come back, did Brandon Staley's job get saved by his defense? DA, CBS Sports. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. 
You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Radio. Here comes the blitz again. Herbert goes to the end zone. Tipped in the air. Caught Palmer. Touchdown. Chargers. Never give up. Never give up on a play. Kirk, shotgun, back to pass, throws to the end zone, falls bouncing about, intercepted by the Chargers, and the Minnesota Vikings are 0-3. Are you kidding? The ball bounced off a Viking, then a Charger, I believe, and was intercepted. I mean, it's a long football season, and uh, we're going to be here in December and January talking to you guys, and this will feel like a long time ago. Um... We've got a lot of opportunities up ahead. Um, I just try to go one and zero each week. I kind of view them as separate stages, like a tour de France, and I don't really, I don't really connect them. Oof! The Vikings fall to zero and three. Welcome back, DA, with you here on CBS Sports Radio. You heard Chargers Radio touchdown Chargers, and Paul Allen, the great, on Vikings Radio. I mean, Brandon Staley is so freaking lucky. I mean, he is so, so lucky that he has Justin Herbert. He is so lucky. Because Herbert, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal. And he he erases what doofiness the Brandon Staley does. In this game... The Chargers had a 28-24 lead and got the football back after a fourth down that the Vikings had to give it up with about two minutes, about three minutes left on the clock. Okay, so they took over on their own two-yard line because the Vikings could not punch it in from deep inside the Chargers territory. Chargers take over. On their own two-yard line, first and ten, about two fifty to play. Okay. First play is a pass. You drop back to pass. Okay. Now you're flirting with near death here, but Herbert hits Keenan Allen, gets out of the shadows of his own goalpost, and so now they're out to the fifteen-yard line. All right, good. So instead of grinding clock by running the football, making sure you're not you know, risking your quarterback in the end zone. They drop back to pass, but it works out for them. Fine. First and 10 from the 15-yard line with 2.11 to play. They run the football, gain two yards, two-minute warning. Now it's second and eight. Now they're running the football again. 
Before they didn't, they were throwing out of the back of their own end zone. Now they're running the football to train clock. Okay. So now, minus three yards, caught in the backfield, timeout Minnesota. So now you're only at 157 left of the game. At 157, maybe you'd run the football again, right, to to ignore or try to avoid, rather, the incomplete pass in the stoppage of the clock. Hmm? No, they throw on third and 11. And they hit Keenan Allen for 10 yards, Herbert does, which brings up a fourth and one, forcing Minnesota to take its final timeout. 151 to play, fourth and one from your own 24. Now, instead of running the football on first down when you started this whole thing, you threw. Then you threw again after running twice to drain clock and cause timeouts to be taken. Now you're throwing again. On fourth and one, you have a decision. It's from your own 24. You can punt it away and make Kirk Cousins score a touchdown with no timeouts and probably a minute 35 to play or something, okay? He's got to score a touchdown. And you'd hope has to go 80, 90 yards, even if it's 70 or 80 yards. Or you go for it on fourth and one, and you hope you get the first down to ice the game. If you don't, they get it back on your own 24. Here, you're so confident on downs like first and 10 from your own two, Herbert's throwing. But now on fourth and one, you run. Up the middle, no gain. Replay official says, no first down. Vikings take over. Can you explain the rationale on these decisions? Either you're aggressive and you put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands or you're grinding clock by running the football and causing them to take timeouts. Which one is it? Now you haven't gotten it, and now Kirk Cousins has a minute and 35 seconds or a minute and 40 seconds to just keep going after the end zone, and you would lose. Except Cousins is going to cousin, throws into the end zone into double coverage. It's a deflection, tipped twice, finally picked off on first and goal. Staley is so lucky to have this win. So lucky. So that they're 1-2 and two instead of 0-3. Oh but he just keeps doing these types of things. And is this better than Anthony Lynn? Herbert was 40-47 of 47 for 405 yards and three touchdowns. And you nearly lost the game. He basically had a perfect day throwing the football. And on fourth and one, you ran it and didn't get it. You gave the football back to your your defense to have to defend 24 yards. And you went for it on fourth and one instead of punting it away to make Kirk Cousins go the length of the field. Make it make sense. On fourth and one, either you're saying, look, Herbert's going to win or lose this game for us. So be it. He draws back to pass. Or you punt it away. I would have punted it. Make Cousins go 80 yards. He's got no timeouts. And it's under the two-minute warning. Staley is just one big fat disaster. One big giant disaster. Swamp Butter Bobcat tweets. Swamp Butter Bobcat. I'm a big Buckeyes fan. Definitely love the last second win. But the Ryan Day comments after the game, an embarrassment. No place for that. 
Lou Holtz was doing his job as a treasurer of college football. Day made himself look like a clown. I tend to agree. Again, you're trying to use any motivation that you can find. In the post-game interview, you do you need to be yelling about 86-year-old Lou Holtz who picked the team that he used to coach for? I mean, what's next? Using Lee Corso putting on the other head as motivation? I can't believe Corso would do that. I can't believe some of the things I heard Corso say. It's like he's made to be a court jester to Lou Holtz at this point in his career. And he's, he's an Irish legend. What do you expect him to do? Pick against his team? I agree. I thought Day came off as kind of like, I don't know, a gym teacher. I thought he was like an angry gym teacher. <laughs> we can't believe the disrespect. He did not look fit to be the head coach of a potential national championship caliber team. Now, Patty Boyle had some bold words. Tom Doyle, big Irish fan, guaranteeing a victory at the end of last week, and he can't take his medicine today. He's blaming it on the refs and saying in his book it's a two-touchdown win by Notre Dame. Boyle, explain yourself. Yeah, I mean, they won the game, D.A. I don't, I don't understand how you walk away from that game Saturday night Saturday night, and not say, yeah, Notre Dame won the game. Notre Dame won the game. Well, I mean, scoreboard is one. Number two, can you put an 11th man out there on defense? Yeah, I, I don't know what was going on with that. I don't think the refs allowed Marcus Freeman to put an 11th man on the field. Oh, no, is that? Yeah, and then that he it? had to cover up for their mistake by saying that. And then Ryan Day couldn't just accept what what was being gifted to him as a quote-unquote win, and he had to attack 148-year-old Lou Holtz, who, I mean, just catching strays. The guy probably <laughs> fell asleep two hours before that game ended. What is that? He goes, he goes I, yeah, I wish I wish Lou Holtz was here. What, are you going to fight an old man? <laughs> <laughs> Where's Lou Holtz? Somebody find him. Bring me Lou. He went to bed three hours ago, Ryan. <laughs> He won a Lou Ferrigno, but Lou Holtz is available. <laughs> Bring me Lou Holtz's dentures I just, and his head on a stick. The amount of times where I thought this game was over on Saturday night, on that final drive, a dropped interception, a fourth and seven, a third and 19, a third and 10. And then they had, they took a, what was it? They called an intentional grounding and Ohio State, I believe, had to burn their final timeout so that there wasn't a 10-second runoff. And then Notre Dame is just playing prevent defense, guarding the goal line, as if like Ohio State still didn't have a chance to go up and spike the ball, which they did with a couple seconds left, and then won the game, I guess, if, if you thought that the running back <laughs> crossed the goal line. If you used math. Which he didn't. Uh, it's, it, it was, it was a shocking Bobby Boyle. Then my dad tries calling me after he goes, he goes, that's a bad loss. And, and I'm like, I, I don't want no part of this. And he goes, all right. <laughs> he goes, all right. What do we think for the survival pool tomorrow? I'm like, dad, not now. I don't want to talk. I feel like I just got an RPG between the teeth. Bobby Boyle calls up his son and says, man, that was a bad loss. Pat goes, what do you mean? It's a two touchdown win. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, you see, Dad? We're undefeated. Yeah. We won by 14. Notre Dame went for it twice on fourth and one, and instead of, again, giving it to the monster running back, they go quarterback sneak, get stuffed on both, missed a field goal. So, I mean, really, that's 10 points right there. 
Bogues, who had the worst day? <laughs> Marcus Freeman not having an 11th man on his defense for two plays to seal the game? Or Ryan Day yelling at an old man who was meant to be a court jester <laughs> making picks? Uh, I, st- I still think it's Marcus Freeman with the tiebreaker being to the winner go the spoiled behavior. Uh, so I guess Ryan Day has the slightest of room to do something dumb after winning, but to have back-to-back plays, and on the first one, nobody notices that you've got 10 men at the most inopportune time, there's nothing good about that. And it's all it's on all of them. Ryan Day being a putz postgame, you can move past. But Marcus Freeman and his entire staff being short a guy for those two plays is really hard to forgive and really hard not to apply to the non-Pat Boyle index decision on that on that game Saturday. I read a piece in The Athletic that said on the second-to-last play, Ohio State swapped in some player, I forget which one, which allowed an untimed replacement for Notre Dame. So in that case, Notre Dame would not have taken a penalty if they rushed somebody out because the ref had to hold the ball because Notre Dame was allowed a position swap, a player swap, because Ohio State had just done so. So in that case, they just flat blew it. I'm talking about Notre Dame. They they had an untimed opportunity to get an 11th man in there. On the final play, Freeman says he realized it and they just couldn't get a guy in because it would have been a penalty, which would have given Ohio State a stoppage of the clock to set up you know, their final play, but how it makes sense that you'd rather go into the game-winning play from the one-yard line, not the 40, the one-yard line with 10 men versus, okay, we just got to take the penalty here and stop the clock because we can't lose this game with one too few players on the field. I have no idea, and I don't know if Freeman is lying about this, but Hmm. I just can't imagine a coach saying, I'd rather have 10 men on the field then get them set. That just how could that be? It does feel like a lie now that you mention it, DA. Because I mean, what is the penalty? Three inches. That's uh, the thing. Closer to the goal line. I mean, if you're you're either going to stop them or you're not. It, it wouldn't make sense in this scenario either. But maybe for maybe by one percentage point, it would if that somehow would have given them a first down, extended the game, whatever. But the ball nudges forward. It's still the last play of the game. That's the time that the penalty doesn't matter. Yeah. You need to have 11 guys out there. Yeah, right. If it was if it if it was half the distance to the goal line and it was from the 9-yard line and you're giving them four and a half yards, okay, maybe or it puts it at the 2 and so now you know it's either rush or pass, but it goes from the 1-yard line to the 6 or the the one and a half yard the, the half yard line rather. Like it I I think Freeman might have been lying that they just didn't realize it and I don't know. I didn't realize it until we started parsing it after the game. I've also, no one that I've seen has gone back and found footage of him like holding somebody back on the sideline to not go running into the game. They just, they just didn't know. Well, Bugs, as far as I'm concerned, once Saturday night at midnight hit, I had moved on and we're on to Duke. We're on to fraudulent (laughs) Clemson after that. Mm -hmm. And we're on to fraudulent USC on the road to 11 and one. And Notre Dame will be in the college football playoff Can despite we... this so-called loss. Right. Can we make a bet? Sure. If they lose to either one of the teams that you just called fraudulent, will you stop using fraudulent for the rest of this college football season? 
For the rest of this season? Yes. Sure. Okay. For the rest of my life? No. Yeah. If they lose to both, I would say maybe you can't use it ever again in this context by calling teams who you think you're going to beat fraudulent. If you win 0 for 3 on your pregame fraudulent meter, you got to put it away altogether. Well, Clemson is fraudulent. You said Ohio State was fraudulent. They've lost twice already. Ohio State was fraudulent. Notre Dame won the game, and they had it taken away from them. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Bogues Bogues (laughs) says our headlines. Um, So where were we? Oh, from Brandon Staley to Josh McDaniels. He made the last confusing coaching decision yesterday. His team was down 23-15 to the Steelers late on Sunday Night Football. Instead of going for it on fourth and four from the Steeler eight, Vegas kicked a field goal to trail by five with 2.22 left. I have confidence in our defense. You know, they've been playing well, and you um, thought we had an opportunity to get the ball back there with maybe a couple minutes to go and have a shot to go down there and win it with a touchdown. So they did get the ball back, but they got it on their own 15 with 12 seconds to play. Gets the snap. He wants to throw it. Four-man rush. Pocket collapses. He throws it down the field. It's intercepted, and that is Levi Wallace. Intended for Adams, and the Steelers seal the deal. A 23-18 win in front of a lot of terrible towels in Vegas. The call from Bill Hillgrove on Steelers Radio. Now, for what it's worth, and I don't know how they compute this, but ESPN says, had the Raiders converted that fourth down, they would have had a 15% chance of winning. They only had a 10% chance of winning after kicking the field goal to go down by five with 2.22 left, and they had all three of their timeouts, plus the two-minute warning, but still the better play to give yourself a chance to win was going for it on fourth and four. They didn't. They lose. Josh McDaniels knew I had the under. Uh, Jimmy G picked off three times total, sacked four times. He played the entire game, but was getting checked for a concussion afterwards. The Steelers, meanwhile, made an emergency landing in KC early this morning for apparent engine troubles. A news crew on the flight said fire trucks were waiting for them on the runway, but everything and everybody was fine. Another Monday night double dips coming our way. The Eagles, the last hope for the NFC East this weekend. The Giants, the Commanders, the Cowboys all lost ugly. Standing in Philly's way is Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. We've known the whole time what we have in this locker room uh, and the team that we're trying to build, where we're trying to head. And so that's the important part. Um, you know, it, it, the important part now is not letting the outside noise affect us in the building as well. You know, we didn't let it affect us before. Why let it do it now? Tampa Bay is 2-0. and A win gives them sole possession of first in the NFC South. And as DA said earlier this hour, we're also waiting on Joe Burrow's calf to let him play against the Rams at 8-15 Eastern. Colorado's no longer ranked after Saturday's throttling at Oregon. The new AP Top 25 still begins with Georgia, Michigan, and Texas. Ohio State is now fourth after winning for sure in South Bend. Chris Taylor's RBI single, bottom 10, got the Dodgers a 3-2 win over the Giants on Sunday Night Baseball. L.A. stays three and a half games behind the Braves, the best record in the NL. The Dodgers have seven games this week. Atlanta has six. Megan Rapinoe's U.S. women's soccer career ended yesterday in Chicago. She played 50-plus minutes of a 2-0 win over South Africa. She leaves the national team after 203 appearances, two World Cup wins, and one Olympic gold. The WNBA best of five semis began yesterday. The Aces beat the Wings 97-83 after trailing by nine and a half. But the Liberty fell at home to the Sun 78-63. Those are the fewest points New York scored this season. And William Byron clinched his spot in the next round of the NASCAR postseason. 
by winning in Fort Worth yesterday. DA, back to you. Thank you, Bogues. This is from Moon Colony Alien Slave Matt. DA, I can't help but think of Mraz's stinky breath fetish and wonder if he would actually argue on behalf of dog farts being awesome to wake up to in the middle of the night on that Singapore flight. That's an interesting twist. <sighs> he would, I think he would defend the dog in general, <laughs> that you just need to deal with that and not complain and not get a refund if you're the other couple. He would not agree with us saying that dogs should be in a different compartment of the plane. No, and he would say that those who lay stinky gas should be defended and protected. Correct. They've done nothing wrong. No, it's not his fault. And they're only trying to do what's healthy. The body says they should do it, they should do it. Correct. In fact, that they're heroes for doing so. Probably. In a world where we're trying to <laughs> be healthier, those that let the gas out in the middle of others are actually heroes. Right. As you said, you're just you're letting your body be your body. Snostages be damned. That's right. When we come back here on the show, we've got your advanced analytics and your epic fail. DA, CBS Sports Radio. No one knows what analytics is. They think it's like a bunch of nerds doing math, which I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it's time now for the Mothership's Advanced Analytics. Okay, guys, we asked you today, do the Taylor Swift puns after Travis Kelsey plays or touchdowns, have they already jumped the shark? 65% of you say... Yes, enough already. The data department tells us that Taylor Allison Swift from West Reading, PA, has broken over 58 Guinness World Records for her music, including most viewed music video online for Shake It Off and most streamed track on Spotify in the first 24 hours of Look What You Made Me Do. I believe Shake It Off has like 3 billion views on YouTube. The Clive Davis Institute in New York has a course that focuses on the career and cultural impact of Tay-Tay. You can also find similar courses in Belgium, UT Austin, and Stanford. Perhaps why Stanford can't find a home? The ACC, I suppose. At age 11, she performed at a Philadelphia 76ers game and sang the Star Spangled Banner. Is that so? Trust the process. All right, so our stunt to a news today was a couple on a Singapore Airlines flight from France, which was going to take 13 hours, were stuck next to a farting bulldog. And it was so heinous, they had to move back to economy from their hoity seats up front. It's a whole big thing. Here it is, your epic fail. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic fail. We switch now to a dog for 13 hours between Paris and Singapore farting. And it's so bad that this couple actually moves out of their fancy seats, goes back to economy to get a break from the farting dog. But their complaints continue, and Singapore Airlines actually refunded $1,400. Badlands regurgitating what was in his mouth. Ew! Because of this dog... And it's flatulence. They flew for free from Paris to Singapore. You 
dog. They try to ride it out, and this dog won't stop snorting and farting the entire flight to the point where they're like, this is, we can't do it anymore. We're choking to death. Excuse me. We were all left, no pun intended, with a sour taste in our mouths. The wife says, I think you have to fight for what you think is right. I will now stand up if I don't think it's correct in any part of life. In this case, what she fought for was a refund because a bulldog was farting on her for 14 hours. <laughs> Good. Good for them. That dog was on to something. <laughs> you got to fight for your right to not get farted on by a dog. Holy smokes. Give me a pair of sewing scissors and a half a bottle of dish soap. Let me go to town, baby. Ooh, let the gas out. Hoof, 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 hoof. Here we go, brownies. Here we go. <laughs> okay. What a day. What a day, what a day around here. You're even dying in that chair. Step off a curb. Get hit by a bus. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. We started off the show talking about the Cowboys' inexcusable loss to the Cardinals. Now, the Wizard has learned the hard way that you should not fade the flock. This was something coming into the season that seemed like easy money to the Wizard. The Wizard has bet against the Cardinals each and every week. The Wizard has lost each and every week. So he will no longer be betting against the flock, which probably means the Cardinals are in for a couple of really bad losses. Either way, the Cowboys were 12.5-point favorites in this game and lost by 12 points. And this was a game in which the Cardinals led from start to finish and drove the football right down the Cowboys' troats. couple of things here make me terribly worried about anybody that believes the Cowboys are a Super Bowl team. Number one, what's their strength? Defense. Particularly, their defensive line and linebackers. And the Cardinals pounded it right into the teeth of the defense time and time again to the tune of 222 yards. Now, did you know that apparently the 2023 Cardinals are the 72 Dolphins with Mercury Morris and Larry Zonk and Jim Kick? Did you have any idea they were the 78 Steelers with Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer? Did you have any idea that this is apparently the greatest running football team of all time? The 73 Bills, 2,000 yards with OJ in 14 games. To allow 220 yards on the ground is humiliating. But to do it to James Conner and Rondale Moore? Are we kidding? Number two, the Cowboys committed 13 penalties. Sloppy play. Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy play. And the Cardinals got out to a lead early and led throughout. So the Cowboys were chasing the entire game. This was, to me, an example of the Cowboys sleepwalking into a game, reading all of their headlines, believing in all of their attention, believing in all of their height. After two blowout victories to start the season, someone placed them atop the NFL power rankings of the best team in the league. 
and them believing all of that and thinking they could just waltz into Arizona and sleepwalk their way through an easy victory. And what always haunts the Cowboys? This. Getting ahead of themselves. Talking Super Bowl in September. Assuming things. Taking teams lightly. Taking teams for granted. What did we see in the last two playoff losses to the Niners? Start slow. They start slow. And this is what happened last night. And I just think this is the Cowboys' DNA. It happens with Jerry at the helm. They believe in all of their fan fiction and that they're this much better than everybody else. And look at this. That is humiliating. And that is the sign of a team that doesn't have the guts of a winner. If you let the Cardinals lead start to finish and you let them run for 220 yards, I thought it was a pathetic, humiliating effort and something that cannot be forgotten this season by anybody observing the Cowboys. Now, to be fair, I like I said, maybe the, the Cardinals are better than I ever gave them credit for. They had a chance to win all three games to start off the season. No longer will the Wizard fade the flock, or at least that's what he tells me. But there's still no excuse for what happened. If Daniel Jones can come back from down 20 against the Cardinals, then this Cowboys team should have been able to score more than 16 points yesterday. Absolutely pathetic. I appreciate those of you that usually watch the show on YouTube. Today, no simulcast because of the Yom Kippur holiday, but we'll be back on simulcast starting tomorrow, so fear not for the rest of the week. The Wizard went 0-4 yesterday, making it 1-11 for the season. My friend Tom Abraham, fellow talk show host and a mentor of mine, says, do you know how difficult that is, DA? Ride that train, my friend. You know what? Maybe I will. All right, that'll do it for us this morning here on the show. Thanks to Pat Boyle, your executive producer. Thanks to Carlos with a K Ortiz on the wheels of steel. And thanks to Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Be good and be good to one another. We will see you tomorrow on Trash Tuesday. I'm DA and the Mothership Disconnects. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic 
and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 